You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Take one. Stephen and Dana and we're in the room. Hi, listeners. It's Stephen and Dana here with In the Room with Stephen and Dana. So what is what is this podcast episode? Because we, I mean, famously do not have a guest today. Yeah, you're just getting us. And Dana and I thought as we, as the transition out of our homes uh, picks up, uh, we thought we'd pay tribute to all the television that kept us going these last 18 months. <laughs> our when- digital babysitter. Where theater could not, you know, we have, we have, we have to tip our hat to our um, tube brethren. Yep, and you I know? certainly watched a lot of TV. I normally watch a lot of TV, so and maybe historically, like a, a rising number of stage actors on television because there's no stage work historically, or because it pays more. <laughs> and or listen, let's be real. And or I would love to talk about all of that. I all of that. I feel like. I know that you watched the Megan Mullally talk show, um, all both episodes that existed. Are you talking about like in 2005? Yeah, sure am. (laughs) Yeah. And she came on one day and she had a little opening number and it was all about, it was called TiVo is my wingman. And it was a patter song. And she was like, I got a satellite, a cable box, a VCR and DVR, a television in every room and even one behind the bar. And then she goes into a pattery pattery listing every television show in history. You got to look it up. It's great. I've never heard of this. And actually, I did not watch that show because I <laughs> was, I didn't it like, there's a lot that I missed and I have to talk about it here too, but when I was in college, I did not watch a lot of TV. Because dorms and where well, is the I was, TV and what time do you have? And I had rehearsal. what college is about. <laughs> that's right. So it was like that bumper sticker, I can't, I have rehearsal. Um, mm-hmm. So did not watch a lot of TV. And that premiered, I think also maybe during the summer, like I was at Quisasana. We had no TV. There was a large chunk of my life I did not have a TV. Um, and I was living my life. Um, but yeah, that's a niche pull. And I have oh, to I find know. it. It's 
Is it it's on YouTube? Really, yes. It's a great little pattern song that made me laugh as a kid and makes me laugh today because you know I love a lyric. I love lots of words in I would a very love short to recreate that. I would Let's love do to it. do that. I would too. Let's do it at the duplex. I was gonna say there's gotta be a gotta be a venue. But really, I think that that opening number has stuck in my head because um, it made watching TV not like a bad thing. There was such a stigma when you were a kid, like, don't watch too much TV. And this was a whole number. Not where I'm from. (laughs) Look at all the TV I've watched and like all the knowledge I can pull from it. Look at you in your notebook. In the spirit of things. We prepare 0% for any other interview and now for the tv episode which we can just talk about without notes we have notes i separated the, the old shows that i watched during covid that i've rewatched, or maybe old oh. shows that are new to me but not new to the tv guide okay um, and also like the new shows the new new shows that are happening right now that a lot of us have watched sure over these start wherever you'd like to start months. Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like we have to start with um, per- perhaps the, the the largest common ground we've ever found, Hacks. Oh, yes. I enjoyed, I watched every episode thrice. E- I will be watching them more. Television. It's not TV, it's HBO. First of all, HBO Max. Really, Max. really stellar programming yeah they really win it. good streaming service hacks, hacks i remember seeing the advertisement you know the little trailer the sequin suit yes and i remember thinking oh my god who are the minds that made this and i need to um be friends with them i need to get to right. know them i need to know where they came from and obviously they're gay isn't and then it funny also, that just by looking at it, the first question we both have is who wrote it? Yeah. And then also, the casting of Gene Smart was not obvious, but very smart, but so smart. And it got me excited. And I was like, oh my God, I, I think I've been sleeping on Gene Smart. Like, I know that she's incredible. I love seeing her, but hacks really turned it around for me. And now I'm so deep in Gene Smartland that the FBI should be alerted. Can I tell you how much crossover on this list is Gene Smart? Yeah, tell me. Tell me everything. Oh, we've watched Designing Women. Yep. We watched her Who Do You Think You Are on Discovery Plus. Yes, you're welcome. Before we we get too deep into it, listeners, there will be spoiler alerts. Oh, sure. So, um... If we start talking about something you're unfamiliar with, go ahead and use that 15 second repeat. <laughs> I mean, ah. fast forward. Um, Dorcas Whore. If you're not watching Who Do You Think You Are in Discovery Plus, which is both like new and old. I think the newest episodes are 2018 and the oldest are yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, but it's celebrities doing Ancestry.com, but with a budget. So the show sends them to Ireland or England, or wherever. Uh, And these celebrities learn about their ancestors. Last one we watched was Regina King. Nice. It was a good one. Good one. Well, uh, you mentioned Dorcas Hoare, who is, you know, 
the ancestor of Jean Smart, who happened to be part of the Salem witch trials, like not right a witch, be- not a witch, but right before barely escaped, barely escaped, being it. burned. Yeah, days. She, she was like one of the last to live. She was next on the block. <laughs> yeah, as they say on Big Brother, another new show I'm watching. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's a great episode. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, I come from fierce women, and I wish my mom was here." And it's yeah. real cute. Hers was cute because listen, this show has a mixture of like celebrity, celebrity who's doing it because they're a celebrity, and why not? But maybe they don't have, maybe they hadn't prior to booking this gig, um, had a deep rooted interest in their family trees. So you see them kind of get into it. And then you see the people like Alfre Woodard Mm. and Jean Smart who are like, of course, like this is important. There is, this, this is more important than. They get emotional like, in, yeah, in real Alfred ways. Woodard took her shoes off and walked the dirt of the land of her people mm. and picked it up. And she spoke to, like, I, I haven't arrived if I haven't felt the actual soil with my actual feet. Oh, my God. Yeah. All, all I care about are celebrity autobiographies. So, like, this is a show Ugh. that is in my cellular makeup. I love that stuff. It's great. And then I will say Courtney Cox has a good episode only because it goes so far back. Really? Is it like Jesus? Uh, no, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay, if you okay. had seen it, I'd spoil it for the listeners. Uh, but it does go deep. Well, and let's thank the executive producer, Lisa Kudrow, of that show because... Lisa Kudrow. So well done. And Lisa Kudrow, as, as we talk about television, she's in my coven. Yes. I yeah. rewatched her during COVID. I did a scandal beginning to end for the first time since its original Never seen it. Airing. Listen, any, time, any kind of work I have had in the last 18 months has been from my couch. So something's always on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's be real. Let's continue with Jean Smart, though. You yes, you mentioned I'm so designing. Sorry. You just you mentioned designing women. I too have started from the beginning, and <sighs> I was not a Jean Smart fan. I I watched Designing Women when I was little. When I was a little baby, mm-hmm. um, I didn't it premiere in like nineteen eighty six or something. I was two, so I was all about those dark haired ladies, the sugar bakers, the Delta Burke and um, mm-hmm. Dixie Carter. I, I could not tell you like a sexier pair of, you know, TV sisters. Yes. I can't even handle them. But Jean Smart is. I mean, she truly I'm so glad she didn't get pigeonholed into like being that kind of Rose Nyland character forever. Agreed. Um, I'm glad that she she actually kind of left designing women. Yeah. And and was like, actually, my contract's up, and I'd like I'm an actor, and I'd like to act more. And she did the Eileen Warnos movie it, on Lifetime or something way before Charlize Theron did it. She's kind of like Judith Light in that way. I feel yes, like yeah. Judith Light will do the work, and she'll be brilliant, and then she'll go do something else, and maybe it's great, and maybe it's not. She talked about this on I think Alec Baldwin's podcast. Mm. She like talked about the worst movie she ever made, and. It was still a great time, and she learned a lot. And oh, I love that kind of person. I yeah. love that kind of person. They just want to work. They just want to work. Just wants to work. Jean Smart doesn't have an Instagram. I mean, she does, but she doesn't post anything. But she wants to work. She's not about being. She is so square. 
you know, to the outside world. She's we Christmas not, on the square. Well, she's Christmas on the square. We do not see her at like she's not in the you know what I mean? She's not in the Us Weekly. Stars are just right. like us, Jean Smart. Who cares? It's so square. I've been but, wanting to draw Jean Smart and Google imaging Jean Smart. Not so fun. I mean, it's few and far between. She's got her friends who are, you know, probably not the super famous. We'll but never know. So they're such a tight knit group of people, and uh, you know, playwrights, and you can just tell she's all about the work. So I'm cool. so glad she's having her this big renaissance where she is because Mary the title too. Yes, yeah. She's so brill on it. Yeah. Which I think Mare started a couple weeks before Hacks. So I think I got a little bit into Mare and I was like, oh yeah, Jean's you smart. You might be right. You might be right. And then Hacks happened, which I don't think is necessarily an accident. No, and it it's actually, they don't um, they got compete us to with each we, other. None. Zero. It's almost like two different so Jean's lost. Lives. She gets so lost in her character in Mare. And yeah. it's so not about her. No. She's set dressing with an attitude. Yes. Here's what I thought of last night about Jean Smart, and I'm thinking about her constantly. I just hope she's okay and she's- I know you are. She's great. So I thought Hacks is where she's a top, meaning she's played all these other roles where she's like a bottom. She's like a a very vulnerable like woman, uh, you know- kind of down on their luck, divorcees. She receives like, and reacts. Yes. But in hacks, she is throwing you She's up against giving. the wall. She is giving and she don't care. I mean, it is the She's piece de resistance. Yes. She's holding the leash. No, but she's so great. She's so great. This... Guess who followed me on Instagram? Uh, 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 You'll never guess. You'll never guess. But I'll it's guess. a Brady movie. Eve Plum. Nope. Jennifer Elise Cox, who plays Jan in the Brady movie and who so, has a great cameo in Will and Grace. She followed me and yeah, I'm, she I'm very happy about it. has a great cameo in Will and Grace and sort of Eve Plum. And sort of Eve Plum. Maybe she'll do the podcast. Maybe I'll reach out. Do we think she and Eve Plum will do the podcast together? Ryan O'Connor would explode. <laughs> Okay, so we're done with Designing Women. She was not my favorite, Jean Smart, but now I'm really um, focusing in and paying my respects to Charlene. When I started from the beginning, I didn't realize that uh, the night the lights went out in Georgia is episode two. (laughs) I know, I know. know. Yeah, it's pretty. Episode Two. Julia Sugarbaker's massive monologue comes there very early. Is one other show in television history that has had me so hooked on episode two, and it's Superstore. I knew I knew we were gonna say Superstore. What about Sex in the City? Was that a slow burn for you or what? It wasn't a slow burn, but I didn't watch that in real time. Uh, oh, I see, I see. So you know. But as an adult, having seen mm-hmm. Sex in the City, my jumping in point, season three, episode one. Yeah. Uh, Natalie would agree. Seasons one and two, we love them. They're important. They're crucial. But when I just need it on in the background, I can't have them talking straight to the camera. 
Oh, I see. That I see. device didn't work on that show, and I, I prefer to skip. So back to Gene Smart. I have started season five of the television program 24 because that's the season Gene Smart is in. Great. And she is off her rocker in that. It's so fun to see her play. She plays the first lady and she um, takes medication or maybe should. <laughs> it's it's a great juicy role. It's real fun. Real yeah, fun. I have to do it. I've never done <clears throat> 24. Um, I really dived into Samantha Who. In which I saw your post about it. I've never watched. Melissa McCarthy is in it. Jennifer Esposito is in it. Gene Smart plays Christina Applegate's mom in it. It is so good. It holds up. It's How 2007 did that fashion. Completely missed my desk. At 2007, I was a I was junior in college. in college, and I was. I was busy. Also, I was not a Christina Applegate fan at that point. Now. Dead to me is what really turned me around on that because watched. she's so good. She's so good in it. Oh, and add the, it to your the list. The fact that there's still more TV for me to watch. <laughs> I know. We are in the golden age, babe. Frightening. TV is theater. Let's just be real. Is there something that you tried to watch but couldn't really get into? Well, there's a couple things I started to watch and then stopped, not because I wasn't into them but because it was just wrong thing wrong time um i tried to watch treme on hbo <gasps> same my gal bessie is yeah. on it uh but wrong time All wasn't right. the right time to watch post katrina new orleans yeah you really to have rebuild. to be in a mood like, it it didn't sit right for the moment so i want to do that i will do that but not right now. And then I did about half of the series hung because Alana Ubach was on it. One of my favorite character actresses. Wait, is she the one in Meet the Fockers? Yes. She's in Legally Blonde. Both of them. She, she is in, in something... Sister Act 2. She's the yes. one who doesn't know Mary had a little lamb. Maybe where yes. Maria comes from. Mary had a dog. Or a little kitty cat. Or a little bald-headed brother named Bart. What was she in? She was in Clock Watchers, the movie. And She's it's incredible Lisa in everything Kudrow, I think. She touches. Yeah. I have to Google her all the time because I'm like, who is this? Oh, it's the same Alana person. Ubach. I keep Googling. Oh, she's it's so always funny. Alana Ubach. She's so funny. The way she works her mouth when she... Uh, her hard R's. Her hard R's. I love it. Oh, um, I tried to watch WandaVision. Can't do it. Really? We loved. Really can't do it. Interesting. Okay. I don't, I'm not a Marvel or a, any of that kind of, don't get it. Same. I don't get the inside jokes. I don't mm-hmm. understand what has already been, what everyone knows already. I, I just don't get it. I will I say also did I, not get Watchmen. I didn't watch Watchmen. I watched WandaVision. John likes the Marvel stuff. Mm, Um, Interesting. So I think if I had watched WandaVision by myself, not knowing everything I don't know, I I would be in your boat, but having somebody enjoying it around me Mm -hmm. was helpful and he could explain what was crucial and I understood what was happening, more or less. Mm -hmm. Okay, we touched on it, but Mayor of Easttown, have you finished it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God bless Kate Winslet. 
God bless. Uh, what's her face? Um, she plays Kate Winslet's friend. She, lick my ass, Diane. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Julianne Nicholson. Thank you. Is that her name? Yes. Thank you, it she is. She should win something because she Every prize. delivers one of the most uh, really raw emotional scenes. I think it's at the end, one of the final episodes mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. I was it's, wrecked. She's remarkable in yeah. everything she touches, but um, particularly yeah. Mare of Easttown. Yeah. Really... Uh, her performance moved me. Her performance moved me. They all did. Yeah. Kate moved me. And Kate uh, moved what's me. his face, who I know from all the American horror stories, but. Oh, Evan oh, Peters. I, he was, I, I never him knew him that. from anything outside of American Horror Story, where he's always very great, but it was really cool to mm-hmm. see him out of that world and steal the show. There's a scene in a bar with Evan Peters, and I think he's always great, but I'm never like. An Evan Peters stan, but that really, I was like, oh, you're playing, playing drunk as an actor is, is very, it's a really fine line between Mm -hmm. playing drunk and playing, not wanting people to know that you're drunk, which Mm -hmm. is what drunk people actually do. They try to act as sober as possible. Right. And it's like, no, you're actually drunk. (laughs) So, so it's really hard to make that really work, but I thought he did a great job. I read an article just about that scene. And oh, really? Yeah, kind of I when it happened. It. Um, and it was cool that he talked about it. And I think that was the point in the script when he was reading. He was like, I don't know if I can do this part. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like, tough. Really, really cool. Really cool to watch him do that and be so great. Yeah. Good job, Evan Peters. We love you. I loved, I loved Mayor of Easttown. I really did. I mean, it's Um, fun to make fun of it because of the accent and, you know. Which. It's so good, though. It's so good. (laughs) And that she had never been to a Wawa and she went to one and she was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And I mean, watch Mayor of Easttown and then watch the SNL, the murder dirter sketch. It's just really a nice uh, double feature, you will. If I may move on. I guess. I mean, I have more Gene Smart, but that'll come up oh, naturally later. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I can sure. work her into any This whole episode is dedicated to Gene Smart. Yeah, absolutely. Gene Smart um, appears Gene Smart in TV. our minds on, sh- on shows that she's not on. <laughs> yep. Gene Smart is 100% in White Lotus. Oh, Somewhere. spiritually she's there. She's the mom in the bag. She's the ashes. Yeah. She's Jennifer Coolidge's... Borderline personality disorder mom. Again, HBO Max. Can we just, this is a natural progression to White Lotus. Every time Jennifer Coolidge comes on screen, yeah. I scream Emmy. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Stephen, guess what? Mike White wrote that part for her and she was like deep into quarantine, you know, bags of chips, cake. She's like, I've never been like... My most unfit, TV ready. not TV ready, right? I am so glad she said yes. She is, I think she's luminous. She is so sexy. I'm like, is she sexy? She's sexy. Because she's, she's not doing the Jennifer Coolidge caricature. Right, right, right. The thing that we know her she's for. She's not doing Paulette. Right. Right. There's signs of it because it's who Jennifer Coolidge is. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
but we're seeing work. We're seeing character development. Yeah, we're seeing you are an actor, girl. You're an actor. Nothing girl. makes me happier when the Jennifer Coolidge's, when the Melissa McCarthy's, when the Sandra Bullock's, they get a chance to actually act. When Melissa when McCarthy clones. got to do Lee Israel. Yes. And not be yes. Melissa McCarthy. Which, God bless, I need Melissa McCarthy in my life at all times. But when she got to be an actress. Yeah. What a joy to watch. Yeah. No, that's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things. But I love when people have really some really cemented themselves and who they are as a like, oh, that's I need a Melissa McCarthy for this role. When that's like you are a comedian and we know what you can do and you're a clown. No one can do it better than you. And then we are surprised by this next choice. Mm-hmm. She has a new thing on Hulu coming out that looks like it may be a, another surprise Melissa McCarthy yeah. role. And I agree, Jane Lynch, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Her on Good Fight. Jane Lynch, anytime she's on Good Fight with the fucking birds flying into her window. Can we talk about Good Fight? I started the Good yeah. Fight. I had oh, never did I ruin s- something for you. No, no, no. Okay. I've got I've gotten to the Jane Lynch part. But um I started season two where Audrey McDonald, uh Theater Queen, mm-hmm. is in it. Christine Bransky, Theater Queen, Sarah Steele, Theater Queen. I mean, there are so many people who are in it that are like, Oh, Ooh, you are New York. And it keeps this is going. For us. I mean, the whole first season, Bernadette Peters and Christine oh, Bransky yes. and again, all the people. All the people. Brenda Braxton working in the law firm. Oh, it's just it, it, Bernadette is great. Here's what. Here's why we slept on the good fight. It was why? on CB. It was a CBS All Access original content, so it was never on TV, and you had to pay for CBS. Yeah, all I never access. had CBS. And as somebody all who access. watched zero CBS content, yeah, since Brady Bunch, yeah, um, I'm not paying for it. I'm sorry. I want yeah. to watch it, but I can't. We got Paramount Plus, and all of a sudden it was same unlocked. Same. So I got to binge it, and it was like watching a Broadway show. Good. It was a visit from every, and continues to be a visit from. There is not one episode. I skip the credits because I don't want to know who's coming on, so I always skip them. And it, every episode, I just they have great credits too. I those opening my credits. Heart. I would like to propose a toast to Christine Baranski. Um, I, I haven't slept on Christine Baranski. She's one of my favorite character women of all time. Anything she does is gold. Adam's family values. Um, she's also another one who is like, I'm going to go raise my family and I'm an actor and I'm going to make the, all the choices I want. And guess what? Not unlike Jean Smart, Christine Baranski was also married to an actor who took the back seat as their their wives' careers took off. Mm-hmm. And that is why we know Christine Baranski. That is why we know Jean Smart, because their husbands recognized, yeah, they recognized, not. respected, um, loved, adored, and we're fans of. We're fans of. They want of. them to work so they can go see it. I know at least Christine Baranski's talked about it. 
that she was able to have such a stellar, varied, consistent mm-hmm. career because her husband was at home to take care of the kids when she had to, you know, go do a yeah. play. Or... There was a great article about her recently about how she's defying every odd because, you know, she, she talked about she didn't really start working until her 30s. She sure. Booking Sybil. roles. Yeah. Sybil and was And then huge. she didn't start getting leads in musicals until way late. Yeah. And now here she is at Pinnacle. Yeah. When she should not be at her pinnacle. 65-plus-year-old women are above the title, and I am so here for it. Mm-hmm. Let's learn a lesson. This is what and, people want. like, Kate Winslet is helping blaze that trail, too. Like, she yes. has that whole thing. She's like, I do not accept roles at this point in my career where there is an unrealistic standard of beauty attached. I won't yeah. do it. I'm not putting my body through that. I'm not mirroring that to other women. <sighs> And it's because it. of choices like that, that more and more roles for more and more women over 40 will yeah. be written. Yeah. But back to White Lotus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have so much more to say about White Lotus. Oh. Um, again, Connie what's Britton. her face? Connie Britton. Oh, I have to watch that show. It's a good show to watch a little stoned because it, it is like from the White mind Lotus? of Mike yeah 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 uh the mind of mike white who gave us school of rock who gave us the laura dern vehicle enlightened also on hbo um he is very layered he's very into character development it's very much about interpersonal dynamics and psychiatry Mm -hmm. you know like how are these people interacting with each other um so I, lo- I love his writing, and I lo- it gets a little weird. I love the... Um, the soundtrack is great. There's like... Oh, it's great. The credits, the opening yes. credits. Now, those I don't skip. It's beautiful. White Lotus um, is beautiful. The, 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 uh, the character of Connie Britton's daughter and her friend. Yeah. Those two. I love those characters. Yeah. I love them. They're a little scary. I love that they're not just basic rich girls yeah they're still basic they're still pretty basic but like that they're reading freud yeah i'm trying not to um, taking k and yeah you really can do it all (laughs) and i think mike white was kind of challenged to write something for quarantine purposes like they filmed it in quarantine so Keep that in mind when you watch it. It's incredible. It's um, incredible. I kind of hope it becomes, you know, multiple seasons and just every season it's a new group at the at the White Lotus. I hope the only yeah. things that are consistent are um, the White Lotus and those who work there. I know that that means a lot of other things, but, yeah, you know, kind of just rotate that hotel. Let the hotel be the main character again with jennifer coolidge i love when a character is so vulnerable and so um she's heartbreaking in a way mm-hmm. like i'm watching her and i'm i'm just like oh i feel i feel for you but you're just kind of an open an open wound and you see and how beautiful. everyone looks at her and you're just like <laughs> but she's so beautiful 
want to put your little heart back together. I know. I just want her to find love. <sighs> it, event television. Again, again, White Lotus was event. Hacks was an event. You know, we're going to come over Sunday night and watch it. Um, Hacks, I do have to say that new to cast Gene Smart. <laughs> it's like, is more. God bless you. And one of my favorite new comedians um, wrote episode seven. Pat Regan has his first writing credit, and I'm so happy about it. I love him so much. Um, Incredible. And yeah, uh, Julie Klausner is a consulting producer. Bowen Yang is a consulting producer. It's just um, the people who get it are on the team, which makes me feel like uh, I want a, you know a million seasons. You guys are doing it so well. I followed right. the cinematographer on Instagram. Like they're posting beautiful shots of when they were making it, and every frame, all the costumes, the sets. Yeah. Everything is a postcard, you know? So well done. Greetings from Hacks. Jen Statsky, Lucia Aniello? Lucia Aniello? I don't know. You can Google it. They're great. Those are the creators. And Paul W. Downs. They are a match made in heaven. How do you feel about Hannah Einbinder? I feel great about her. How do you feel about her? Great. Oh, I, she's like kind of a polarizing character on the show. So I didn't know if you had any. Um... Oh, I thought you just meant as like casting. Um, I mean that too. I, I, I think they work really well together. I think that their dynamic is nailing it. I think that because she's supposed to be 25, right? She reads older, which I think works. She's supposed and to be maybe 25, yeah. That's maybe that's me having been a, a young assistant to older people so when she goes down to that room that's just a shit show of an archive space and has to sort through everything yeah i've been in that room i've sorted through everything i've watched everything i i've done that so that was a very personal um sense memory that that show brought up specifically her and i think i love their dynamic yeah, I think she's it. I think she's pretty her great. Character's the fucking worst. If I ever met that girl in real life, I'd kill her. <laughs> but Yeah, I love that there's an arc. I love that she's growing. Yes. I love that she was polarizing. Like, oh, why is she being that kept they around? Recorded, that they filmed that funeral scene right after Jean Smart's husband died. Yeah. So her husband and she died. She had to go be funny. In real life. Yeah, during in this... a funeral scene filming i can't i can't believe it but i do love in one of the articles i read i love that um you know she talks about how 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 sad she is that he wasn't here to see hacks but that he got to read the script and that he loved the script yeah and knew that that he that he got that he died knowing what she was going to do and that it was going to be great uh warms my heart in I'm literally going to cry right now and I don't even know them. Okay, so his name is Richard Gilliland and they met on the set of Designing Women in the first season. He played Annie Potts' boyfriend. Isn't that beautiful? God bless Annie Potts. You can watch them fall in love. (laughs) Designing Women on Hulu. Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I would like to take this opportunity, Stephen, to invite you to see Hannah Einbender with me in November. Yeah. I bought tickets. And we're going to go. Great. Thank you. I think it's November 5th. Great. But it's going to be in Brooklyn. Everyone will be there. I also need to give a shout out to my girl, Meg Stalter, who's and is giving you the weirdest. I mean, what she does. Her Instagram is the weirdest, queerest, outest, loudest. The most bizarre. Just be who you want to be is Leaning in weirdo of all time. Um, genius at improv. Genius. That video in quarantine, her and Kathy and Jimmy improving. Oh, yeah, that's great. Lives in my head. <laughs> Kathy Sans is such a rent. huge fan. Huge fan. Uh, so yeah, Meg Stalter, uh, big, big old, big old part for her. And it's really fun. And again, I think not unlike um, Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. she's giving you what Meg Stalter will be known for and what she does, mm-hmm. but she's going to give us a really tender acting moment in something at some point, And we're going to be like, oh, and she can do that too. She's real cool. She's, she's real cool. Real cool. Um, I'm just going through my list. So we did that. Um, so, some oldies that I've rewatched that we don't really need to hash yes. out as much because they're so old. But, um, okay, so I did Oz. That was one of the first things I did, which I get is dark. But I needed, I knew I needed an HBO moment. Oz, I've never seen. I wanted, I, I was drawn in by the Rita Moreno moment. I okay. wanted to see how she operated in that world. Okay. Obviously, I love a Christopher Maloney moment. Yes. Um, I knew that Joel Grey had Oz under his belt, and I had never seen him on it. So I wanted to do that. Amazing. Better about myself. Um, Betty Buckley, Patty Lapone, all on Oz. Look at you doing your theater research. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a lot of, I mean, it was filmed here. It was a lot of New York stuff. And looking at those credits, Tom Fontana, uh, great show. It's a great show. It's, it's dark and it's heavy and it's a lot. Um, I would watch it first thing in the morning. Uh, but it's really, it, I get why it was such a big deal. I get why I didn't get it when it was on. I get why it's, it's the epitome of HBO. You know, those big HBO tent poles. I need to do Oz. The things that make It's Not TV, It's HBO makes sense. It's The Sopranos. I I think I saw season one of The Sopranos, but I need to do a a, a literal, actual 
I do too. I've wanted to do it from the beginning. So I did Oz. Uh, I did Desperate Housewives. Top to bottom. So stupid. But again, that's one I did watch in real time. Like in high school into college. And I had friends here in the city and we'd meet up every Sunday night and watch together. Um, So there's a lot of nostalgia with that show. But boy, is it problematic. And Boy, is it ridiculous. Oh, sure. And boy, is it bad for women. And oh, God. Boy, is it fun to watch knowing that it's not okay anymore, that we couldn't get away with it now, and we did then, and oops on us. Let, let's also remind everyone that this Mark Cherry creation is the reason we have any real housewives, all from Desperate Housewives. Every. Mm-hmm episode title of desperate housewives is a stephen sondheim lyric fierce guest stars vanessa williams i love um, desperate um, housewives um, uh, harriet harris harriet harris harriet terry harris. hatch and abc darling what else uh brothers and sisters rewatch brothers and sisters a, a, a sally field big family she's the matriarch that would come on after desperate housewives on sunday nights did you watch that in real time because i did i did not watch i was team brothers and sisters it was so awesome i think it was it brothers and sisters and then parenthood because they tried to make these huge family family dramedies on prime time was nbc Yes. So I think that they were running probably around the same time. Um, but Parenthood is is the NBC version. ABC will go darker than NBC will. Oh, interesting. Um, because I after think... after Parenthood ended, everyone was like, what's the next big family, family. thing? And like then then This Is Us came up. So, you know. God bless. Don't I find that fix ABC it if it will broken. go darker and uh, if they could <laughs> use bad language they would um i feel like nbc still leans a little shinier a little glossier a little more family friendly i think that's it for my scripted tv shows scripted yeah. i mostly watch scripted I, I i would like to add um <clears throat> sorry girls five eva on peacock uh, it's on my list haven't done it because I don't have Peacock. It is fantastic. Can Might I give you my password? In? Yeah. Does that work? Okay. It does. Remind me. Thank you. Remind me. Um, Girls 5 Eva is fantastic. I'll wait till Pen Stephen watches on it. my list too and I haven't done it yet. Pen15 should win all the awards. It's the most um, locked into that growing up experience that I've ever witnessed. It's gorgeous. It's so funny. Good. It it's looks on great. a cellular level. No you'll doubt. be like, I don't know how they are capturing what that felt like. As a girl growing up in the nineties, they are nailing it, nailing it. As so a, funny. As a homo who didn't know it in the nineties, I have a feeling um, there's a little more crossover than one might expect. 100%. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Dave, which is the movie on with Hulu. Kevin Klein and nope. Sigourney Weaves. No, uh, Dave, it's on Hulu through FX. It was on FX. Um, it's real good. It's about a white Jewish rapper 
named Lil Dicky. And uh, <laughs> and his trials and tribulations. I love it. It's really his, good. His trials and tribulations. Um, I know I've left things off this list, but uh, oh, unorthodox on Netflix oh! was something I did. Yeah, I loved. Yeah, it's weird, right? Weird and deep and real, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. And yeah. um, oh wait. Nope, I'm talking about My Unorthodox Life on Netflix, which is a reality show. We watched the trailer of that, though, and it seems wild, which is a great segue to an unscripted show that I watch on Discovery Plus. Um, I watch Smothered. I also watch Extreme Sisters, which is kind of under the same umbrella. We had a lot of time on our hands, and we ran out of 90 Day Fiancés. So recommended for you, Smothered, which is so what is it about? watching mothers and sons or mothers and daughters okay. whose relationship is way too close. So oftentimes the son or daughter is married, but the mom still comes first and the husband is the third wheel in the marriage. Oh, that's it's weird. It's trash. It's weird. Listen, Extreme Sisters is even weirder. It's mostly twins, but not all of them. And Extreme they are sisters. way too close. Some of them still sleep in the same bed. Some of them are obsessed with being twins, that when they have their cereal in the morning, they count and make sure they have the same number of cereals in their bowls. You know what? I one like watching TLC. One of them has an infected tooth. No. has to have it removed. And the other one is panicking because the doctor says that he won't remove her healthy same tooth so that their teeth are the same. Okay. And they share a boyfriend. Oh, nope. Oh, are those the plastic surgery twins? Nope, not Darcy and Stacy. Okay. That's their own show <clears throat> that I watch. I can't with that. I can't. Like, listen, it happened. It it was a quick spiral, and it's all 90 Day Fiance's fault, and anybody who watches 90 Day Fiance knows you can't just watch one. You have to watch them all. Guess what I was watching this weekend because it was on because someone else was watching it. Um, Love Island? Comes on after Big Brother, which I'm watching my first season of ever right now. I had never seen it and we were going to watch one because now we have Paramount Plus. So we were going to watch one and John was looking at him and he goes, uh, there's a new season starting tonight. So we're watching in real time, watching the live cams. But I think after this one, we'll go back and we'll watch Marissa's episode of or Marissa's Celebrity episode, Big Brother. Marissa's season of Celebrity Big Brother because they're doing so many things different this season. There are teams involved, so I'm watching a yeah. very skewed version. I of think that Big would Brother. be my entry point is a celebrity version of Survivor, a celebrity yeah. version of Big Brother because I don't care about real people because they all want to be reality stars. It's a gamble. You don't know who you're getting. At least with that's what we did. We watched all the celebrity seasons of Worst Cooks in America. Yeah. Bridget Everett. Uh, Latoya uh, Jackson, what? not all in the same season. These are just celebrities that we've watched cook. Okay. Lonnie Love. Okay. Um, I it's need to great. Google that. We love watching Google. the celebrities cook with Anne Burrell and Rachel Ray. Television has been such a saving grace. Again, I just, I have that stigma as a kid. Not that we had like TV rules or a TV schedule. We were just 
we weren't addicted to TV. We didn't need that kind mm-hmm. of line drawn. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely that either in school or just our generation of like, don't watch TV too much. Your eyes will go square. Don't watch TV too much. It means you're a couch potato. Mm-hmm. It will kill your brain cells. Uh, TV was just, you know, you can like your shows, but don't watch TV unless just to watch TV. And was your mom like really strict about that? Or are no, you just talking in no. general? I'm, I think I'm talking in general. I remember that like feeling and how it didn't apply to me, but also all I wanted to watch was like the OC and like Ina Garten and Felicity and Sure, you had your I had your a couple pulse. of shows. I wanted to watch them my appointment television. Mm-hmm. But that was it. And reality shows weren't so much a thing when we were growing up. They I'm not going to say thing. there was zero, but um, they when I was a kid, there were zero. When, when did Real World start? When did Survivor start? Mid nineties. I don't Late know, 90s? but like the Osbournes was the first like family reality show. Yeah, man, like those were. Reality was not not yeah. a thing when I was growing up. So it, it was, was more about TGIF and. Yeah. Right. You had your day a week where you would watch three shows in a row. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself, like our family, and I'm glad you brought this up. TV was very much for me, and it still remains to be in why I chose to work in it and why Mm -hmm. I love it. It's a conversation starter. Everyone has a show that they like. So it's a common ground. Like, not everyone reads books. Not everyone, you know knows how to cook. Like everyone has at least seen a TV show. So right. I can talk to you about that. It's a, a, it's like music too, a little bit. Yeah. I think <clears throat> what I understood about TV always was that it, it was a storytelling device. Yeah. Separate from theater, but equal to theater. Different and it also, and it there also was crossover. lets me know who you are a little bit. Like what lights you up? What is mm-hmm. your humor like? You know, I, I liked talking about it. How to invest in, characters versus people so when i was very young like i was into into the woods because bernadette peters was in it i was into bernadette peters so whatever i watched if she was in it great that's kind of how you find your things right Mm -hmm. then you get a little older and it becomes yes i still want to see how this person that i love attacks this role but something tv does that even movies don't do is spreads it out over such a period of time we're really, we're almost getting to know these characters in real time, as opposed Mm -hmm. to meeting a character, getting invested in a character and having resolution with that character in two and a half hours. Yeah. We get to live with a character for the good fight. It's been on for five years. I just caught up. So it's only been in my world for six months, but you can live with Christine Baranski once a week for five years in that same role and like watch her grow with it. Really cool. You don't get that in movies. You don't get that on stage. It's TV's uh, alone in that. There was something I think that was in our choir room that said theater is life. Film is art. Television is furniture. And I was always so offended by that. Cause I was like, yeah, I get the first two, but the bottom one television is furniture I don't agree. Furniture <laughs> I, isn't I don't technically necessary, and I do feel agree. that TV is necessary. Yes. You can live in a room without furniture. It's it's it, 
if it floats your boat, it floats your boat. And you can choose to not participate in TV. You can. You could choose. You could choose. However, in my house, furniture is required, as is air conditioning. <laughs> as We're is a very TV-forward household. For and, sure. um, you know, we've, we've shed the shame of don't sit in front of the TV too long. Well, it's also talking points. Like, it's it's how my family kind of... We laughed together. Mm-hmm. It was our theater. Like, we didn't live in New York. We lived in Wisconsin. So, like, we're not going to a comedy club. We're not right. going to, It was you know, a window like, into another part of the world. Absolutely. Like, it's, this is how we get to have fun with each other and talk about what we, what we liked. And we always had a, a show. Yeah. I can tell you every single year what our family show was. Yeah. You know, Home Improvement, Dinosaurs, uh, uh, Married with Children was our show (laughs) like the simpsons Mm -hmm. loved loved so we have this shared history now of like reference points and cool um different writers we loved and actors but definitely tv more than film i i love movies but i will always choose a tv show over a movie always i also think just that now that everything's on a screen we're always on a screen the the idea of the screen being the problem is a highlighted that yes, the screen is the problem, but it's not TV. TV isn't the thing that like makes you a couch potato or makes your eyes go square. It's looking at a screen for 24 hours a day. <laughs> Just whether it's television or work or this recording session or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's good to turn it, the TV it, off it, and go live your life and go yes, see something it, in real screen, life. Though, it's not about whether it's TV or not. I think right. that's the myth that got debunked from my growing up experience of TV being useful, but don't get sucked in. It had nothing to do with TV or the programming. It had to do with screen time. 100%. Computer time. 100%. What's your favorite old, old, like... Maybe from the seventies TV show, like oh a taxi, my God. or like okay, I'm a glad you brought Mary this Tyler up. Moore. I'm going to work a little backwards. I'm going to start in the late eighties. Um, uh, just recently, a couple weeks ago, Amazon Prime added All in the Family and Two Two Seven to their catalog, and Two Two Seven is one of my top three favorite shows of all time i know this about you yeah and i had never heard of it it's norman lear it's remarkable so to be able to i've I've never seen it all chronologically i've never seen it beginning to end in order um so being able to do that is fabulous i do it every morning with my coffee I nice. start with the 227. So that's your suggestion for our listeners of like where we're going to go back in time it and it's available. up. It is all that sitcom TV needs to be. Sitcom TV today has become so overcomplicated, so oversaturated. Really so, produced. It's overworked dough. Too yeah. much kneading. If you look at 227, they are simple stories. It's like uh, the original run of Will and Grace. They're simple whoopsies how did that happen and then wackiness ensues and 18 minutes later we figured it out and there's a good laugh and a good freeze frame and then the credits roll over it like Mm -hmm. that's all it needs to be it makes me laugh out loud still it's fabulous um all in the family we know it's problematic 
is a series that I hold great nostalgia for. My grandpa loved it. So I watched those with him whenever I stayed at his house. But again, another Norman Lear. And, and I love Gene Stapleton. And yes. I love those characters. And I love that time and all of that. And there was a lot of breakthrough television for that time. It was breakthrough. Yeah. So yeah. Um, again, I mean, when yes. we watch TV that is no longer okay... I think that we're allowed to remember at the time when it was being created, was it being progressive or was it not being good? What I was saying about Desperate Housewives, like there's problems and yes, it's not almost a hundred years ago. It's less, you know, it's 10, but uh, I, I, there's still value in these shows, in these pieces of art, in this writing, in these works. They, evolved into better versions of themselves in other incarnations i have to go work but am i done i i think i'm done with my list for now yeah there's a couple things on here we didn't touch um just real quick any competition show that has to do with a an art like obviously great british bake-off or the um glass blowing on netflix or the pottery on hbo max or, or the flower it? competition on netflix all those yeah tent on your marks get set bake shows yeah um i love we love watching them we all we have code names for all of them because they're also nice a little high so with bake off it's a bacon bake with the flower competition it's a grass and grass okay okay with, with the uh glass blowing it's a bowl and blow Oh my God. So yours is like a schmoke and a pancake. Yeah. Uh, the pottery is a pot. And pot. A, yep. Got it. It's great. It's so great. Stupid. Um, one of those before bed is just, it makes for a nice soft landing. Steven, where can people find you <laughs> on Instagram? Well, and do you have anything to plug? I am at Esferzy. Uh, I am at, I'll link to that. I have my art to plug. Um, Oh, See. another thing I have to plug that has nothing to do with me, but does have to do with Christine Baranski. This is coming out tomorrow, right, Dana? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're listening to this uh, before eight o'clock today on release day, it is not too late for you to go to townhall.org and get yourself a ticket to the virtual conversation that Christine Baranski is moderating between Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine in honor of James Lapine's new book, Putting It Together, How Stephen Sondheim and I Made Sunday in the Park with George. Um, joining Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine will be Bernadette Peters and Mandy Patinkin. Um, all talking about Sunday in the Park with George. And this new book comes out tomorrow. I pre-ordered it a year and a half ago per my email receipt. Um, I'm so excited to get it. I'm so excited. Did you know Christine Baranski was in the workshop? Of I didn't. The park. So does it's she not know Nancy Opal? Duh. It's not completely um, out of left field that she would be moderating this. Um, I think it's going to be really cool, and I'm excited to read the book um, arriving tomorrow by 11 p.m. according to the tracking. Um. Yeah, so I, I have nothing to do with that, but get a ticket to that because it's going to be a really cool thing, I think. And then I have some art coming out tomorrow to commemorate the event. Oh my God! Look um, at you. Yeah, I have no. nothing to plug. Buy a thing. I have nothing to plug yet. 
pin in Dana's plug. So you have nothing to plug. And nobody can follow you anywhere. Yet. You can follow me at Dana K. Craig on Instagram. Aren't you Dana Kelly Craig on Instagram? Yep, Dana Kelly Craig on Instagram. Thank you. I have a small business to boost that's not my own. Yeah. I got a fabulous new candle. And it was, um, it's an arts hero candle specifically. So the money like goes into like supporting artists during this horrible time. Um, it's We Light Home, uh, Lance Horn of Club Coming oh, nice. of New York yeah. fame. Um, and his husband, they have a candle company that they started during COVID. And I finally got a candle. It's champagne. And what I love is I smelled it because I'm like, what does champagne smell like in a candle, right? So you smell it. And what it did, it did the same thing to my nose that like champagne bubbles do. It just tickled my nose a little bit. Oh, I get bit. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the candle smell does that. Not when it's lit, but when you like smell it. And I thought that wow. was. That's fun. How do you accomplish that? I was so impressed. Um, so other candles are like handmade and made locally here in New York. And uh, you can you can get them. And they smell really great. And we light home on Instagram. And I think their website is welighthome.com, but link in bio for sure. Link in bio. Um, I have a PSA for everyone. I'm on day 10 of, I think I'm I'm back to like 95% better. Um, but I got the summer cold and I did get tested for COVID and it was not that. Good. I've known um, a lot of vaccinated people lately who have dealt with COVID and yes, the vaccine did its yeah. job and their symptoms yeah. were manageable and they're alive and well and yeah. they did not have to go to a hospital. But but if you're running around and going out to eat and bars and whatever, I mean, there there's cold virus out there. If you do not want to get sick, just keep wearing a mask. Also with Delta, probably should just keep wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, no but rush. yeah. It's, no rush. Uh, I know it's uncomfortable. I was out all day yesterday and had the mask on and ooh, yeah. don't miss summer with the mask, you know? Yeah. But, um, we're all, we're all going to get something. I'm sure of it. The and, only uh, thing worse than the mask outside is like a summer cold with the runny nose and the sweating. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I'm, I'm feeling so much better. I went to the Central Park Zoo this weekend. You uh, we did. Some... It looks so cute. So cute. I've never been. I think I've been around it. Like, I've walked past it. Yeah. But I had never gone inside, I don't think. But it was real, it was real cute. proper. Yeah. Um... All right. Until next time, my love. I miss you. I know. I miss you. We'll get a date on the Cal to come over. Cheers. Bye. 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 In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizy and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessieweiner.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. 
We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In The Room Pod. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.